We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. With a show of hands, how many of us would say, I'm going to try to set some New Year's resolutions? How many? How many of us? Who's, who are going to try to set some New Year's That's it? You guys aren't going to make any goals for your lives? Wow. All right. Anyway. I'd read some things that people uh, had said about New Year's resolutions and found them quite entertaining. I'm going to read a couple for you. It says, I can't believe that it's been a whole year since I didn't become a better person. (laughs) This this next one I can totally relate to. I'm going to work out every day or at least consider it. (laughs) I'm going to start on Monday. That's my famous line. I'm starting on Monday. How many starting on Monday people do we have? Yep. Start. Yes. All right. And, uh, and then this one we got. All right. For 2020, I'm going to accomplish all the goals I set in 2019, which I should have done in 2018 because I planned them in 2017. And I think that one you can, I think I read that actually last year. So you could apply that to any year, just move the years up. But I also had read an article when I was preparing for this about uh, New Year's resolutions. And it said that people typically don't make them um, based out of fear. This is just one of the articles I read. And it's fear of not finishing something, starting something and not being able to finish it. But the truth is, we're never going to finish anything if we don't start it first. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to take a look at the life of Moses. And perhaps that's going to motivate us to kind of get something started, get something going. And so you got to ask yourself, what is it for you? Because everybody in here has something that God has said to them, I want you to get started. I want you to insert whatever it is for you. Maybe it's getting fit and healthy in 2020. Maybe it's working on the restoration of a relationship. Maybe becoming more generous. Whatever it is, we all have something and we all need to get started. What are some of the things we've left undone in the past maybe? Some things we've already started but have left undone. How many times have we started something and then we find ourselves in this cul-de-sac of indecision? Should I go this way or that way? Should I do this or do that? I don't know. You know, ah, I'm just going to stay right here. I'm just going to stay right here and not do anything. We've all been there with things, I'm sure. And so let's jump forward to the end of our lives. Forget the resolutions for a minute and let's presume that we're at your memorial service and it's over and people are eating cheese and crackers and talking about you. What do you want them to say? What would you want somebody to say about you at your memorial service? In that answer... You may just find what you need to get started, what you need to get going. 
what you need to be about. Because if you don't start, you're never going to finish. So Hebrews chapter 11. Let's open up to Hebrews chapter 11. It's called, this chapter is called the Heroes of Faith. And in this chapter, God talks about all these different people in Scripture that have been faithful and they've done unbelievable things, many great things for God. And in a lot of ways in this chapter, God is eulogizing men. But what we're going to read is specifically what it says about Moses. So that's chapter 11, and it's 23 through 29. And it probably says something like the faith of Moses as a little heading in your Bible, or on your Bible app, whatever it is you're using. So it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Wow. So that's where Moses' life ended, but it wasn't where it began. And now I'm going to kind of give you a little synopsis of his life. And if you guys want to go and check on me, which I suggest you should, you can read it for yourself in Exodus. But I'm just going to kind of give a synopsis of some of these things because it would be a lot to read. But check on what I say. Go back into Exodus and read it for yourself. So Moses was born a Hebrew. But he was born in Egypt at a time when Pharaoh started becoming concerned about the size of the Hebrew population. The Hebrew population was big enough at the time that had they decided to revolt, they would have given uh, the Egyptians a run for their money. So in order to take control, Pharaoh ordered all the Hebrew boys at the time to be killed. And he was trying to take control of the population in order to secure his rule. So Moses' mom gets ahead of Pharaoh a little bit, and she makes a basket. And she puts him in it, she floats him down the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter's out bathing, and she comes across Moses, and he's stuck in the reeds on the, on the shore of the Nile. She picks him up, and she decides to raise him as her own in Pharaoh's household. So we got a Hebrew boy that's supposed to be dead growing up as an Egyptian. And not just any Egyptian, right? He's in Pharaoh's households. Top of the line education, living accommodations, food, you name it, he had it. The best of the best of the best. 
So let's jump forward 40 years. Like I said, this would be a lot to read if we tried to read it. So Moses is overseeing a job for Pharaoh, and a fight breaks out between an Egyptian and a Hebrew. I guess Moses in that moment is overcome with some sort of pride, his true heritage being an Israelite. And he kills the Egyptian. And then he covers it up and goes away thinking everything's fine. So a few days later, he's trying to break up a fight between two Israelites. And I don't, I don't know exactly what, it doesn't say exactly what he said to him. I picture, you know, say, hey, stop fighting, guys, whatever it is. They retort back to him, are you going to kill us like you did that Egyptian? So Moses freaks out and he takes off out into the desert, into the wilderness, into the wilderness where he lives, where he roams for the next 40 years. So he's born, jump up 40 years. Now he's out in the wilderness, roaming around, living for 40 years. So Moses is 80 years old. And so at 80 years old, Moses has his burning bush experience, where he literally meets the God of the universe in the desert at a bush that's engulfed in flames. Which brings me to just a little rabbit trail. 80 years old. At 80 years old, he has his burning bush experience. You're never too old. Never too old to be used by God. Never too old to help the advancement of the kingdom. And actually, on the flip side of that, if we go back into Second Chronicles, we read of a young boy whose name is Joash, and he became king at seven years old, and arguably one of the greatest kings in Judean history. He reigned for 40 years, and it's said that he brought righteousness to the land, that he got rid of all the Asherah poles and idols and all those different things. And he became king at seven seven years old so you're never too old and you're never too young to be used by god never ever all right so in this experience moses is having he has a conversation with god where god tells moses you're going back to egypt you're going to free the israelites and this is kind of where we pick up in the story and I got three things for you that we're going to glean from the rest of this, this story where Moses is at right now, 80 years old, at the start of his journey with God. He's going back to Israel, and he's going to free the Israelites. So the first thing is we need to simply start where we are. We start where we are. So God gives Moses this giant assignment to free the Israelites, right? What could you possibly, what could be going through your mind? God gives you an assignment like that. Well, I'll tell you the only thing going through Moses' mind are the things that disqualify him, right? The things that disqualify him. I'm a murderer. I'm a liar. I've been up to nothing 
for 40 years? Who am I? Who am I? Does that sound familiar? How many times do we discount ourselves? God gives us a little nudge about something. But all that goes through our minds are the things that disqualify us. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I haven't been studying long enough. I'm not strong enough. All the things that disqualify us. But God says something powerful to him, and it's the same thing that he tells us today, and it's four little words. He says, I am with you. I am with you. There's power in those four little words. I am with you. Say it to yourself. I am with you. He is with me. He is with me. Many of us have discounted what God can do in our lives because of failures and past mistakes. But we just need to simply understand that He's with us. And that gives us a certain confidence to do things we wouldn't do otherwise. When I was in high school, I had a friend. His name was Rob Scarborough. I think I've mentioned him before. I know I've talked about him in the youth, in the youth group. He's one of those guys. He's just one of those guys. You guys will hear about him again. I don't know. He's one of, the, he's one of those guys that you can talk about. You got stories. So I'm, I'm with Rob, and actually there was a bunch, of, a bunch of us, and we were going to the movies. I was trying to remember the movie the other day. It was, well, this is a long time ago. I'm, I'm old, so. It was like, uh, it was a Jim Carrey movie, I know for sure. I think it was like Pet Detective, or maybe Dumb and Dumber or something. You know, The Mask. One of those Jim, awesome Jim Carrey classics. So we're going to the movies. Uh, there, was, there was a bunch of us there, probably, I don't know, eight to ten. Eight to ten of us. And get our tickets, we get our popcorn, all that jazz. We're going into the, into the movies. And I'm walking through the aisle, and I hit... Um, the, back then, the movies were not as... The movie theaters were not as comfortable as they are now. You, you didn't go to a theater and kick out your feet and have a ton of room in front of you for people to go by. You sat down and your knee was in the back of the head of the person in front of you. So I was, I was squeezing my way through and I, I bumped this guy. Um, he was, I'm assuming he was on a date with his girlfriend, he was, or whatever. So he's, I, so I bumped this guy, and he turns around and he's mean mugging me hard, and I'm like, oh shoot, I'm, I'm not a fighter by any means. I'm like, there's people. We all have our gifts and talents and skills and abilities. Some of us are tougher than others. I'm not a tough guy. I'm, I'm just not. I'll let you other tough guys be tough guys, but um, I'm not. I'm not a tough guy. And so I bumped this guy. And, uh, and, you know, he's, he's like, what's up, you know? And I'm like, oh, shoot. So I go and I sit down. You know, he's over there in the row ahead of him. And as, like, 
a few more people are coming down the row. I, it's happening, you know, like a few more times. And I'm watching this unfold, this guy just getting irate. You know, he's getting knocked in the back of the head. Everybody's walking through. And it just so happened Rob is, is the guy that sat down right behind him. And, you know, the guy, the guy turns around after all this like he was going to do something. And Rob gets up on his face and goes, what? And the guy just kind of turned around and, and uh, slunk back down. You know, one, one second I'm thinking about, oh, Lord, how can I get out of here? Uh, I don't know what's, you know, how can, how can I get out of here? Geez, I don't want to be getting into a fight or anything. And the next thing I'm like, yeah, you got a problem? <laughs> That's right. You got a problem, you know? As Rob backed him down. See, my, my buddy was a big old boy, right? He was a big old boy, big football player, wrestler guy. Um, but he's not nearly as big as the creator and the sustainer of the universe. And that same creator and that same sustainer of the universe says to us today, no matter what your past, no matter what's happened to you in your life, no matter what you come up against, I'm with you. He says, I'm with you. And you have a confidence that only comes from truly understanding who he is with you when you get that. Because it doesn't matter who you are when you know who you're with. It doesn't matter who you are when you know who you're with. Maybe 2019 is a tough year. We look on at 2020 and, man, how am I going to make it through? God's saying to us today, I'm with you. I'm with you and we're going to do this together for my glory. We're going to make it through because we're going to get started. Because I've got more for you. That's what he's saying to us this morning. So the first thing we do is we start where we're at. We start where we're at. The second thing we do is we're going to use what we have. We're going to use what we have. We start where we're at, and then we're going to use what we have. So despite God telling Moses, I'm with you, Moses still kind of feels this, uh, you know, this tension. I don't know about this. What if they don't believe me? What if they tell me I'm crazy? The Lord didn't appear to you in a burning bush. Be honest. If I told you the Lord appeared to me in a burning bush, how many of you guys would believe me? <laughs> One person. One per two. I got two. All right, good. So you can imagine what's going through his head, right? The Lord appeared to me in a burning bush. Yeah, okay. Anyway, kooky charismatic. That's what they'd be thinking. <laughs> so the Lord appears, to, the Lord says to Moses, What's that in your hand? Moses says, A staff. Moses has a staff in his hand. Why did Moses even have a staff in his hand in the first place? Because he was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. 
he wasn't just out there roaming around doing nothing. Maybe he was doing some of nothing, but he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. He tended to sheep. And so really him having a staff is not a big deal. It's nothing special. He had a staff because he was a, was a shepherd and he needed it for his job. He needed it for his job. So God's going to take that ordinary staff and do extraordinary things with it. Moses starts performing all these miracles. You know, guys know some of the stories. You know, he threw the first one, he throws it down and becomes a snake. The most famous one, right? He parts the Red Sea with it. Then they're out in the wilderness and all the Israelites are complaining about no water. So he smacks it on a rock. Bada boom, bada bing, water. Smack the staff on a rock. That's pretty amazing. And it truly is unbelievable that when we step out and take the things that seem ordinary, God takes it and does something extraordinary with it. Because God will use exactly what you have. We all have something. Every single person in here has something. Some of you guys think you don't have anything, but you do. Maybe, do we have any welders in here? This is one of the examples I came up with. All right, look, we got some welders. Good. You say to yourself, I've got nothing. I just have this obscure talent to weld. I can lay a great bead. God says, that's perfect. I've got people coming out of incarceration that need to be taught a life skill. And you're going to do it. All I can do is cook. I can't do much of anything else. I, I just can cook. I can cook pretty good. I can make a mean lasagna. <laughs> I can make a mean lasagna. Great, God says. He says, good, good. I can use this. When people need to feel loved and cared for, you're going to show up at their door with a great big pan of grandma's lasagna. I run. I run. I work out. Who's that going to help? This is awesome. God says, this is awesome. I've got tons of people that would never step foot in a church. But they're going to join that running group you're going to start. They're going to join that lifting group you're going to start at your gym. This is good. I can use this. I'm going to use the little ordinary things and do extraordinary things with them. We use what we have because what we have is exactly what God uses. So we start where we're at. We use what we have. And the last thing we're going to do to get started, it's a big one here, guys. Simply do what we can. I know it. Mind blown, right? Do what we can. That's it. We're going to do what we can. Moses goes back to God with another complaint after all this. And he says, pardon your servant, Lord, but I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow in speech and tongue. And then the Lord says back to him, who gave human beings their mouths? 
Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. So we got this tension again going on here. God's telling Moses he needs him to get going. Get started. I need you to carry out this mission I'm giving you. Moses just keeps making excuses, right? We're, we're through three points right now. And Moses is still, still giving excuses. And it's much like the excuses a child gives when he or she doesn't want to go to bed. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. Ten more minutes. I'm scared of the dark. Tell me a story. My pajamas are itchy. I'm hot. I'm cold. I can keep going. I've got a few kids. Noah's favorite. Can I keep my iPad on for 10 more minutes? I, I want to keep my iPad on. Do I have to turn it off now? So God's like, go, Moses. This is what I'm imagining in my head. This is God speaking to Moses, you know, go, get moving. I'll be with you. I'll teach you along the way. Do what you can. Many of us need to just get started. Start where we are. Use what we have and do what we can. Can you heal your marriage today? Probably not. But you can apologize and take responsibility for your part. Can you run a marathon today? Definitely not. But you can download the Couch to 5K app and get moving. Can you get out of debt today? Nope. You definitely can't. But you could not go and get that thing that you didn't get for Christmas that nobody got you that you really don't need anyway and make the extra payment on a credit card or something. Just do what you can. Just do what you can and God will use it. God wants us to get moving with the mission that he's given every one of us. And when we find that as you walk in step with God, when we start where we're at, use what we have and do what we can, he's going to do something big, far greater than anything we could ever imagine. He just wants us to get moving. Had you to told me years ago that I'd be working at a church like CHC, I'd probably laugh at you. I'd have laughed. But I started where I was. I was a youth pastor, young in the Lord and young in experience. And I listened to the advice of my mentors and I followed God's leadings. And I used what I had, which is a willingness to learn. And I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. I'll put the time in. I'll put the effort in, and I'm willing. Just a side note, too. Be teachable. Be teachable and willing. That'll take you much further in life than skill or talent ever will. When you're teachable and you're willing, 
the skill and the talent will come along the way and God character and integrity in that. And I did what I could. I gave my gifts and my talents to God in the ministry and our family packed up and moved from Detroit to Tallahassee. We started a new journey. So I want to encourage you guys to allow 2020 to be your best year yet by just simply getting started. Just get started. I know each one, each person in here has something God has placed on their hearts that he wants you to do. So get moving in it. All right. Okay. What we're going to do now is something just a little bit different. I wanted to, you guys, sorry guys, I should have told you a couple minutes ago. I'm a little behind. We just want to take a little bit of time here, not too much, and we're going to corporately pray into a couple of things we want to see God move, where we want to see God move into 2020. So the, the uh, worship team's going to come back up and play, and we actually have uh, four different people that are going to pray into salvations, we're praying to families. We're praying to our government. And we're going to pray into specifically our church family. So those are the four topics we're going to pray into. I want to encourage you guys. You guys can stand in agreement. You can stay seated. I'm a pacer. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.